0: This is Live to Lead Radio. Welcome to episode number 13, Why Some People Do Not Like to See You Succeed. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. Inspiring leaders want to break the excellence barrier by reaching greater heights. They are ready to unlock higher performance by expanding their horizons to capture sustained desirable outcomes for both business and life application. But there's a problem. Many leaders today are tapped out, immobilized, and feel completely unfulfilled. Why? Because of unnecessary distraction and lack of the right support leaving them completely off course live to lead offers up the opportunity to gain insight, shift perspectives, and get inspired by listening to stories from everyday leaders just like you. I'm calling each and every one of you out right now to own your bold responsibility to lead powerfully today, tomorrow, and into the future. Are you with me? Good. Let's begin. Good morning. How are ya?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I am good. So today I wanted just to talk a little bit about the struggle a lot of people feel in the workplace and even sometimes in their home environment as it relates to other people not enjoying seeing the people that they know succeed in life. And I know that's been a tough area for many people that I've talked to, whether it's been clients or even colleagues in the industry, and it's a real pain point for people, because as people are succeeding in life, they really like to know that they have an alliance, that people are cheering them on on the sidelines and are exciting for them. But in reality, sometimes that's not always the case. Have you found that to be true?
1: Yeah, quite a bit. You know, it's it's too bad that people find themselves in that spot where they're actually, you know feel badly about people that are getting ahead instead of them some of the reasons can be attributed to self-induced you know they may not be motivated or doing the right things to to get ahead then they almost have a blaming uh viewpoint why them and not me that should be me getting ahead not them and i think it, it starts to develop some anger and you know some grudges if you will so I, I think it happens quite quite often.
0: No, I agree with you. You know, I think As you have your circle of people in life and you start to see that circle drop off because you're pushing forward, you're moving successfully ahead, that it really creates a moment for some people to start to look within their own lives. And they realize that they're either going backwards or they're stagnant. You know, you're changing and you're no longer in the role that they pegged you to be. And that is scary for some people. But I think a lot of it relates to them looking within within their own lives, so it's easier to tap out or to remove themselves from your circle or to cheer you on because it's just such a deep look inward for them.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that's why one of the you know traits of effective leaders is they, they want to surround, or well, they should, surround themselves with like-minded people, whether it be in their business world or even in their personal lives. Because if you surround yourself or your environment is around negativity, People can actually drag you down. So it's just like in hiring. You, you want to hire like-minded people to the organization and, you know, develop them from within, you know, that type of thing. No, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to change people's attitude. So it's easier, at least in my experience, is to surround yourself or be associated with like-minded people. Then you're talking about the same things. If you've got a high energy and you want to grow and get ahead and you've got people in your business world, your personal life that want to do the same thing, it's like gets contagious, encouraging each other.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it builds up a momentum, right? right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and I have found to even in the corporate arena, that as you embrace a new role, or let's say you're going into a new organization, and a lot of people that are hungry for the changes that you can implement, and help create a better momentum for them and make their lives easier, you start to embrace that role and you move into that role and you start to navigate those positive changes. But then there becomes this level of resistance from people, even though that they know that the organization needs that or they know that you're leading the change, they tend to not wanna see you succeed in the role that they know that the company needs and it will help them. Have you found that to be true as well?
1: Yeah, uh, a lot. And usually the common denominator is the, the people that are in charge, if you will, or they're really, they, they want change or they say they want change. When they see positive change, you know, their first reaction is, gee, I should have thought about that. Why didn't I do that? And then it uh, takes away from uh, their view. In other words, why does somebody have to come in and do this? I should have done that. So there builds up some negativity towards the individual that's actually doing the change. And then uh, in my experience, I found that the, the, they become more questioning. Well, why do we really have to do that? In other words, they, they actually directly or indirectly put up walls because they, they're not embracing the change because they think it's, uh, it's a verdict on their leadership.
0: Yep, it forces them to look inward and then they start to invite in some self-doubt. And and you know what I've found too, is even I've experienced it on the other end where I've hired somebody and they've come in with a great idea that just seemed like a no-brainer. And I was frustrated with myself because I couldn't see that as one of the options. And I had to really reposition myself and my thinking to say that's why I brought somebody in because there were blind spots that I simply just could not see. And this person I, I hired for a reason. But I think it's a, a human nature to question yourself and your own skill sets and to wonder why you couldn't see something coming, you know, 10 miles away. But what's not human nature, I think, is to stay or not, well, it might be human nature, but it's not good is to stay stuck in that competitive model and that model of thinking that y- y- you should have done that or why this person, why not me, all of that, because you can stay very, very stuck in that and not go forward at all whatsoever you know
1: right well that, that's why leaders have got to embrace a, a culture of you don't have to know all the answers the real thing you have to know is uh, asking the right questions you want to hire talent around you you know to support that it's a level of maturity to get over that because uh, you know leaders think jeez I got to be smarter than everybody I got to come up with all the answers and I got to do everything more or less but uh, what you just said is very important. You want to hire people that could push you for growth and people that can do things that you, you may not have the skills to do. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good leadership. You look at professional coaching in, in athletics. Most of the coaches can't throw a ball. They're very good at selecting talent and growing that talent and using them effectively, putting them in roles that they could generate you know more results.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. What about on the personal side to life? I know that for me, I certainly experienced this uh, for a lot of years where um, as I was pushing forward and succeeding and changing titles or bringing home higher pay or being recognized for different accomplishments uh, in, in my home life, I didn't have a cheerleader. I didn't have that strong alliance. I had a lot of uh, competition and a lot of jealousy and it slowed me down. It really did because it was a letdown and it was sad for me because you think that your loved ones or your closest friends are always going to be there and they have this unconditional level of support for you. But when when you face that in your home life, especially as a leader who has a, a big role on a daily basis, you almost need that level of support on your personal side, that sounding board, that person that you can trust and you can vent to and you can just be happy with. Have you ever experienced that side to it where you didn't receive that level of support or encouragement uh, in your personal life?
1: Yeah, quite often. The big reason is the effect of communications with each other. This is what this means. If I'm going to take this promotion or if I'm going to pursue this opportunity, it's going to require this, whether it's extra hours or traveling or whatever it is. Uh, because I think that our personal relationships aren't familiar with what it's going to take to do that. They say, hey, we're going to make more money, get big bonuses, we're going to get a big house or whatever it might be. That sounds great, but they don't necessarily understand the path to get there. It's up to well each other, more so the, the leader that, who's pursuing all these things to take responsibility for the communication to make sure it's crystal clear, this is what it's going to take. Not just, you know, working 60 hours for the week, coming home late, not saying anything. It just builds and builds, you know, negativity. What usually happens is, you know, there's arguments and there's discussions that just don't go very well. So a lot of it is just effective communications. And this is what we've signed up for. Even when you're doing a relocation, it's easy to say, hey, I got a great opportunity to move to another state. To thoroughly go through it, because usually, you know, folks don't do a good enough analysis. This is what it means, changing schools getting into a, maybe an area where the culture is different than where you're from. There's just a lot of variables when you move to another job, let's say, which can create a lot of heartburn.
0: I really, uh, you said so many good things. And I I think I really dropped in a space of resonating with a couple of things you said as it relates that they really don't understand what it's going to take or or what the journey is now going to become. They look at those outside variables, like you said, new car, new house, uh, you know, bigger paycheck, all of those things. And that was actually a a real big pain point for me as a leader. And why that interpreted as a, a loved one not wanting to see me succeed was because everybody, you know, seemed like there was no struggle to enjoy the benefits you know, that right. this new position or this new movement uh, would have on the lifestyle that you were generating for your family. But it's really hard, especially if you are with somebody that's not in the same industry or they have a nine to five or a shi- or they're coming from shift work or anything like that. They don't really understand the role of leadership because it really the on button is constantly on. Right.
1: Right. Well, you know, there's there's some people that just do not have the passion or the interest level to grow beyond what they're doing now. I remember when I was uh, trying to hire leaders from within, you know, get guys off the clock, let's say, that were used to working 40 hours a week, you know, I couldn't understand why they weren't interested in, you know, making more money and going into a management position it finally dawned on me, you know, there are people that just want to come to work, work eight hours a day with a nine to five job or whatever it is and go home and be home every day at 5.01, if you will, to be able to be with their kids and family. They don't want the uh, responsibility because as you know, being a leader responsible for a lot of things, you know, it's it's, it's very difficult to leave your work at home. You find yourself working in the evening, over weekends whether well, it's just thinking about work not maybe physically doing anything whereas a lot of people want their weekends off they just friday at five o'clock that's it They ain't worrying about anything until monday morning again you know it's okay you need people like that that they come to work every day you, they're reliable dependable they're just not interested in managing others and you know sometimes it can be some conflict with that too is that we were talking earlier that they could take offense to people getting ahead you know, because even though they want that, they choose that, they still, in some instances, feel, well, how come I can't do that? Or, or you know what I mean? There's some doubt and there's some, you know, negativity, again, for the uh, individual that's succeeding, builds
0: up. Mm, that's so true uh, i find that there are some people out there that want to live that lifestyle and that's great i, I mean more power to them because they know what they want and they're living w- right. w- the life that they want but at the same time there are also those like you're saying that choose that route but want bigger things but are unwilling to own the sacrifice so they start to peg you <laughs> right and you they start back. to target you and and that's where i think a lot of leaders are getting frustrated out there because they're Having to navigate through so much resistance as it relates to their business or their corporate career or even in their home life, because they're fighting so hard to get to where they want to go. But yet there are, seems to be so many people that are interfering, resisting, you know, pointing out flaws, pulling them down. And I think that it's important for us to continually remind, especially new leaders, right, that are just entering, you know, their first uh, level of management that you can't get hung up and you can't get stuck there at all because you you will derail from your plan and we all have our own journeys. My journey is different from yours. Yours is different from mine. As soon as you start to give into that, it can definitely derail you as a leader. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh, it's easy. I mean, if you don't have the mindset, you know, what we're talking about to be an effective leader. I mean, you've got to, you know, it's, it's all about hard work. Is persistence and you have to have a growth mindset you want to continue to grow if you know you get swallowed up most important well not most importantly but as is important you need the energy to keep going because like you said there's gonna be walls whether they're in your business world or on the home front even though you may have an agreement with your loved ones at home you know, yeah, I understand, yeah, no problem. But when you show up at 7, 8 o'clock at night, or you have to go in on a Saturday, it's, uh, all of a sudden, it's, uh, well, why do you have to do that? It's a tough journey. You got to be careful in selecting, if it's something you have a passion for, hey, I want to be a leader. You got to understand, you know, what goes with it. You know, and how far do you want to succeed? That's why a lot of people get to a certain level. They call it Peter principle. You know, they just get to a certain level and they can't go any further because they just can't go beyond that for whatever the reasons, their skills or what's going on the home front or they don't want to put in the commitment.
0: That's so true. That's so true. And, you know, the commitment is the biggest part of it. And I think that as soon as you start to get trapped in the vicious cycle of caring about what other people are saying, I remember you used to always tell me that you couldn't control the water cooler (laughs) conversations or something like that, remember? Because I remember saying, how do I stop all this gossiping or how do I stop all this negativity? And you tell me you really can't control water cooler conversations, but it's true, you cannot give in to them. And I think, again, if people are feeling that sometimes uh, they feel a little jealous or they just feel uncomfortable with people in their own lives that are succeeding and they're feeling like they're stuck and they're not moving ahead, that they have to understand that their journey is specific to them. Their skill sets are specific to them. The work that they were put on this world to do is specific to them, that you can watch another person's journey and you can learn from people. And you like you said earlier, you can surround yourself with people that will elevate you but at the end of the day, it is always just up to you because it is yours to own, right?
1: Right, that's it. Your total total responsibility. It's, uh, it's your world. And it's always going to be the 80-20 rule. You know, 80% of your organization or whether it's in your business world, your personal life, if you will, your circle of influence, you can get to 80%. You'll never get 100%. There'll always be 20% that are either negative, don't want you to succeed or just aren't buying into whatever your journey is, no matter what. If you sit around the kitchen table, there's six family members, there's one or two that ain't going to buy it. You know what I mean? And same thing if you're sitting at a conference table, you know, there's always 20% of the people that just don't want to make the commitments don't want either you to succeed and don't want the organization to succeed. It's all about them. But fortunately, it's usually only 20% or less. You know, So the idea is to get 80%, the majority of the people, you know, to be on the same wavelength. If I look at 80% as 100%, if I get 80% in any organization, I, I feel I'm doing well. But you, the 20%, that why spend the juice of the time with them? Because you end up spending more time with the 20% than you do with the 80% to help them continue to grow and move the business or the organization forward.
0: Oh, that's so true. And, you know, that's kind of where the energy vampires come in and the Debbie Downers, all of that comes in. And I remember one of the biggest things that you taught me over the years, you know, leadership isn't a popularity contest, you know, and I remember starting my journey and thinking that everybody had to like me. And I think so many leaders today get stuck there because they're trying to spend more time with the 20% bucket, trying to convince them. And then what's happening is they're winning because now your eye's off the ball and you're focused in the wrong areas because the other 80% are waiting, you know, and they're waiting right. to be led and they're hungry and they have that put me in coach mentality, all of that. But you're just spending so much time over on the other side. And with that, sometimes then you start to doubt whether the position's right for you, whether you want to even be in leadership. And I bet you a lot of good talented leaders have walked away because they spent way too many years trying to hang out in that 20% space. Well,
1: they do. Uh, Most leaders, once again, they spend too much time with that 20%, whereas you really got to come to grips with it. And if they're not going to change, then they have to be changed. Either if there's an unwillingness to change their behavior, then they have to be changed, either through development. And if that doesn't work, then they should be let go. Uh, because they could really be dragging down others because the 80% are looking to the leader, you're not spending the, the appropriate time with that 20% is, in other words, they're not carrying their weight in what they're supposed to be doing. So if you just avoid them, other than just talking to them, you're gonna drag down the rest of the 80%. So you find a lot of A players become B players because leaders tend not to address those 20%, not to the bad people, they just need to be held accountable. And if they're not, that can drag down others. And that's why some leaders throw their hands up, because what we said earlier, they can't understand why everybody doesn't like them and everybody's not going to like you. <laughs> you know, I mean, just not, you just, it's just not going to happen.
0: Right, right. Such an unrealistic desire. But you
1: want them to respect you is what you're driving to get.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Respect what you're trying to do for the organization and for them. You know, most people will follow leaders if they know that they care about them. You know, because leading and managing, you know, 95 percent about it is is dealing and working with people.
0: So my final question here is just on the personal side to things. There are a lot of people out there that are are getting some great validation and recognition and moving mountains in their in their professional space, whether it's as a business owner or a corporate leader, but they come home and they don't have that same level of support from their significant other, whether it's somebody that they're married to or dating or whatever it might be, what would you say to a leader that's in that situation? Because that's a bigger conversation. And if you don't feel that you're getting that level of support, it does affect your pursuit in this world.
1: Well, sure. So once again, it comes back to uh, communications. It has to be effective communications. Uh, It's easy to just walk away and not say anything because it's usually some difficult conversations. You have to address the elephant in the room. And that's having the conversation with your other, if you will, and just have an honest and frank, candid conversation. This is where we are. Where are you in this journey? OK. And if, you, and if there's not some kind of agreements, it's going to be very difficult going forward. So there's got to be some compromise. The key word is compromise. Some of those relationships become toxic because there's no compromise. I want the money, the big house and fancy clothes, but I want you here, too, when I want you here. <laughs> it's got to be a, uh, a contract almost. This is what we're both working towards. And if you're not talking about it frequently and accurately, it could uh, cause some problems. And that's what people are unwilling to do because usually they result in, you know, some heated arguments. But you really find out what you want to find out. What's the truth of the matter? Well, my partner really doesn't want this, wants both, but we can't do both. It's just, uh, it's really impossible. And then you come to find out, well, how strong our relationship really is. If you can't mend it or compromise, once again, I use that word all the time, compromise, how can we both be successful in this journey? You know, and happy, you know, know, because it could be, it could really uh, be a tough, tough go. You know, when you're worrying about work all day long and working and then knowing when you come home, you're going to have words or my relationship is uh, straining because of
0: Thing. I think the letter C is with us today because you said communication, make yeah. sure that you compromise and you know, really kinda of lay it out. You have that contract based right. conversation. What are the variables that are involved and and you move from there. And sometimes you can move forward positively and things are good, and then other times it's a bigger conversation and a look into the relationship if it's if it's right or if it's wrong, right? Right. right.
1: <laughs> Well, exactly. I'm a firm believer in 95% of our problems, whether it be in our personal life or our business life, are tied to communications. Either we don't do them frequent enough, or we don't do them accurately enough. In the business world, in my experience, I was always big on communicating, whether it's one on ones or group settings, just to make sure it's crystal clear to everybody what's going on. Because if you don't communicate Monday morning, People start talking at the water cooler, rumor control. And by Friday, if nobody's talking to them, they can be hallucinating. You know, did you hear this? What about that? There's going to be a layoff. Did you hear about this, that or the other? same thing on the home front. If you don't talk each Monday evening, when you come home from work, if you will, about your day and things like that, by the end of the week tension builds and things like that. Good news of, you know, good, bad or indifferent. There's got to be there's got to be effective communication tied to that other C word, compromise. How do we compromise to make it a win win? Not always going to get there, but you always want to strive to make it a win win for everyone.
0: And we'll end on that note. So as always, it's great to have these conversations with you, especially about leadership, because you've gone ahead of me, you're still there. And and it's a really good feeling to know that you can tap into a resource, but more importantly, to know that is your dad. I mean, that's exciting too. And that's a benefit. So I always appreciate this time together. So thank you.
1: Well, you're welcome. And no matter what, I'll always be a dad, right? Like-
0: <laughs> well, that's good, right? Well, I can't, we can't fire each other for can't those change rules. rules. Yeah, can't change that. <laughs> that's true. So I, be- I guess we better start compromising and communicating. <laughs> there you go. go. Okay, have a great Sunday.
1: All right, you too. Thank you.